I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestlePlug podcast. I am your host, proprietor, owner of WrestlePlug, the master of shit house reader is the Egyptian death machine, Aaron Nix. Now, joining me this week is a suspiciously different lineup. Uh, we've had to fill a quota because obviously the government's been at us about, you know, lack of diversity. It's just me, basically. So um, that's why we've brought in Cameron Anderson from Peacehaven. How you doing, Cam? Every time. Every single time. Like, just... <laughs> just stirring shit always. <laughs> the blackest man in Peacehaven, Cameron Anderson, has joined us. Yes, indeed. Now he's he's lovely. By the way, anything that is said about Cameron Anderson is not obviously confirmed by him. It's just me being a prick. Um, so please do not, you know, jeopardize any of his bookings. Cameron Anderson, you've been busy wrestling, mate. How's that been? You've been enjoying yourself. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been good. I think um, next week, me and um, I'm meeting up with Frankie, and we're doing something. Um, he's doing the immortal booking, and then I'm helping him out there as well. So that's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. So the next time we can see you is at Immortal Wrestling, which I believe is the twin. 20- no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not actually wrestling myself. I'm just going to be helping out Frankie. So the next All time right. I'm actually. Well, obviously, Cameron Anderson has no idea, but Jay White, book Cameron Anderson, if you actually know what you're doing, just saying, buddy. Um, So, (laughs) just just putting out there, just going to say, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. Now, speaking of people who won't be disappointed, Indians are taking over wrestling, which I love. We have gender equality. We have Send Veer. And now we have Touch Tanveer, because Tanveer Birdie is in the house. Yes, indeed. Finally, we can talk about Japanese wrestling and have some form of credibility. Welcome back, mate. And you sound like a human being. Yay! Um, Speaking of Japanese wrestling, there was the New Japan Chicago show last night, and lots happened. (laughs) Good, because I haven't seen it, so you can talk about it ad nauseum, and I'll just give you opinions as you Uh, go. It's it's not up to view yet. The fight, the fightful... um, or the fight streaming, everybody's complaining about it. Uh, New Japan had to put out an official complaint saying, we apologise that the streaming of the fight was incredibly shit. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, we'll, get it, we'll, we'll get it up on New Japan World up within the week and then watch it there. So um, I've just read the news and seen tweets about it. So, But it seemed like a really good card overall and a really good show. Yeah, and obviously everyone's eyes will have been on the main event, which I believe was with Osprey versus John Moxley, right? Yes. Yeah, like I, for me personally, I'm not that bothered about a match like that. I don't see that as a dream match. Like, yeah. what do you think? You, I know you're not a big fan of Osprey. You've made that very clear. But from a just um, from a I completely, seen, I, I haven't seen it. It was just him hear, hearing Mox v Osprey. I'm like, oh, Mo- Mox is gonna kill him. Mox is gonna beat him. Thank fuck, John Moxley won last night. Spoiler. There you go. Do you think that's yeah. the right... Cameron Anderson, what do you think? Do you think that's the right choice? Moxley over Osprey? Um, yeah, I like John Moxley. Um, they were saying the finish was a bit screwy, but overall it was a good match. Um, Moxley hit a curb stomp on Osprey, which was awesome. Yeah, I wonder what that's in reference to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, in relation to... Um, so, uh, Jay White is doing a US of J open challenge. So, on um, like every show that he's doing an open challenge. Um, 
for us Brits, guess who um, the open challenge was? Zack Sabre Jr. No, so um, on the, so the graph, so the graphic came up. John Moxley walking, and he just looks at someone and goes, "Hey," and he immediately says, "Go get him, shooter." So Shota Umino, New Japan strong, he is there. Yeah, he's he's basically British now, and it we've claimed him. So um, yeah. we've yeah, we've claimed him. Popped, as soon as Moxley said, "Go get him, shooter," everybody was like, "Oh, it's him! He's back!" <laughs> Yeah, I like I like how that would have popped about twenty Rev Pro fans, and that would have yeah. been about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, he's a great wrestler, great wrestler. I think one of my problems with Show to him, I mean, that's cool, isn't it? Because him and Moxley had that little thing during the G One climax and stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it's a show I would have liked to have seen. I'm glad I didn't watch it live because I was busy working anyway. But it's also that thing of like, I don't really. This is the frustrating thing about this stuff, and I feel like it's what stops New Japan getting to that next level and being seen as a viable alternative in North America in the Western world is that there seems to be so many technical issues whether it be new japan strong whether it be the you know what channel they're on is it on access is it on this channel it flips and flops around what do you think they need to do to be more prominent um i like the access uh, thing because um what they do on youtube is they put up um, what's going to be an access for the week so access is actually quite close to or near up to date with new japan i think what new japan need to do is um the WWE network i've been saying this for years just invest in an app where people can watch the shows, download them so they can watch instead of streaming. Because I noticed when watching New Japan shows live, there's like some streaming issues, buffering so and, and timing as well. Luckily, we're in the UK, so timing's perfect for us. It's just um, seeing people stateside or anything, just having to get up in the early hours of the morning or anytime. It's just New Japan should make an app put the shows ready, have a downloadable option so you can download the show and watch at your own leisure rather than just constantly streaming or um, using other second-hand parties like Fight. Yeah, the um, Cam, I wanted to ask you actually because I know you probably don't watch nearly as much Japanese wrestling as maybe you'd like unless it's like available on YouTube or whatever. What would make it more interesting for you what would make you excited to watch Japanese wrestling or what do you think needs to be done for you to take more of an interest in it see for me um I I just use my Xbox as like a basically a streaming device right I've got WWE Network on there you know Disney Plus Netflix whatever so yeah it would be great if you know Fight or you know New Japan World or whatever came to like a console platform that way I would definitely be keeping up to date with New Japan yeah, because the only way to get New Japan right now on console would be if you um, use the browser option and just search New Japan World. But I know that takes a while and then there's always issues. So, yeah, New Japan, I think, need to... Because they keep investing in gaming apps, which is like, fair enough, yeah, I know Japan's big on games. But maybe instead of investing in the gaming app so much, invest more in a proper New Japan World app that's more accessible and... um more gonna be more used and besides with the AEW Rampage Dynamite and maybe even the pay-per-views in the future being uh, being on New Japan World now maybe uh, AEW need to step in and be like hey can we, we need to make an app so that everybody can see it and people people will subscribe to New Japan World they'll be able to see our show but they'll also see your show as well 
Yeah, I feel like one of the things that's holding all of these companies back, including AEW, is this insistence of, um, because they've got hurdles, obviously, to worry about. Like, So AEW's bought out Ring of Honor, but you've still got Honor Club, which people can stream. Um, AEW was linked up with NJPW, but NJPW's got NJPW World. Bring it all under one umbrella. It doesn't matter what you want to call it. Call it the wrestling network, whatever it has to be. Somebody like with AEW's finances and their budget, there's no excuse as to how they haven't been able to get a decent app at this point. They've now got the working relationships with all the major companies that aren't the big one. So there's no reason why we can't have an app. And I think that's one of the reasons why New Japan still struggles in the Western world. because, um, And the same with, you know, AEW not being able to kick on and B, because it is a viable alternative, but it's not on the same level of WWE yet because it simply hasn't had enough time. But this is something that will help catapult it three or four levels up the ladder and get much, much closer to WWE. And they also have the advantage of making a better app because for me, the network, depending on what you use it on, is actually very um, user-unfriendly, I find. I particularly find it to be a struggle. It takes a long time for them to uh, timestamp pay-per-views and things of that nature. So making it user-friendly, making the interface friendly, obviously with New Japan, it's about making it more accessible for you know, non-Japanese-speaking people and stuff of that nature. And obviously, you know, us having a little bit more tolerance and respect for the culture of that as well. Um, so, you know, there's, there's balance either way. I'd say the best probably wrestling streaming service right now, even though I haven't got it, but I see so many people raving about how good it is, is um, Wrestle Universe, which is um, it's another Japanese one, but it's a DDT, um, TJ, uh, Tokyo... Um, or TJPW, I think Sendai Girls. I think PWS are on there, Pro Wrestling Society in Korea. Yep. Um, Noah. So, um, and Noah for a lot of people now, I think after what happened at Hyper Battle, um, the New Japan show last week in Japan, where unfortunately Okada beat Zack Sabre Jr. And we're getting Okada and Naito free in the space of 70 days. It's like, yeah, people aren't as interested in the New Japan Japanese product as much as, say, New Japan Strong, because New Japan Strong's getting interest. I mean, after last night, and um, you've got Capital Collision in May in Washington, D.C., which if Tony Khan's going to do an announcement next on Dynamite for a New Japan AEW Super Show, mm. he shouldn't, because the Capital Collision show basically already is New Japan AEW, because you've got uh, John Moxley v Tanahashi already scheduled for it. You've got Ishii v Eddie Kingston scheduled for Capital Collision. <laughs> and you've got Minoru Suzuki v Brody King scheduled for Capital Collision. So that's three big matches. Wow. Brody King, not so much. But, um... <laughs> I mean, Brody King's great, but I do think what he, what he said on Twitter was a bit like, see where the... I'm not See bothered about the bats. I'm not bothered about that. Like the ban- the banter doesn't really bother me too much. I think what bothers me about him is the fact that he's never been like a big star. Like he's a great wrestler, absolutely. I've seen him work, he's brilliant. I've seen his stuff in PWG as one half of the tag champions, and it's fine. But it's one of those things of like have a little bit of respect and a little bit more of a humble attitude, unless you're portraying a character in that, which you're not, you're just being a bell end. So it's like, eh, whatever. Oh, like, I I love House of Black, but I also love Edge and Priest. And they're not like it, it, King saying like when you buy House of Black off Wish, I'm like, 
not really, because they've only been doing this for a week. So let's see where it goes. Whereas House, House of Black are, but by far, I think to me the most interesting thing in AEW because I just love Malachi Black. They they had probably my match of the night for on AEW Revolution, even though it was on the pre-show, because that six-man tag was just so good. Yeah, like. I'll tell you what does interest me, because um, you mentioned, obviously, the Super Show announcement. That was kind of what the possible spoiler is for Tony Khan. Um, in that is also a reference to Okada, who said that he wants to wrestle with Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, and, of course, CM Punk, which is, that's great. That's money, obviously. Yeah. But I also noticed that he floated the idea of potentially coming back with the best friends in Orange Cassidy and being part of their stable on AEW. Yeah. Now... Mm. For me, like Cameron Anderson, you know Okada enough to know that he's a big deal. What's the? What do you think about the idea that he's going to come in with the best friends and a guy who puts his hands in his pockets? <laughs> yeah, no, that's not great. Um, I just think, you know, he's had it. He had it bad as already in Impact. So why don't we just bring this guy in as a star and let's make some money? I, I mean, I mean, the only way I could see it working is if they do like a New Japan style six man tag. So if say it's Okada, Trent, and Rocky, like the old school Okada and uh, Rapongi Vice, v say Blackpool Combat Club. If they if they do it that way, then then a tag match would work. Say Okada with best friends. If they do anything other than that, like say put. Well, I know Okada really likes Chuck because when um, they did um, World Tag League, Okada and Chuck became like best friends. He's like, yeah, they, they have the same style of humor. They just get each other. So it's like, yeah, Okada, Chuck Taylor are, like, w- would kind of work. Orange Cassidy, don't know where he'd fit in really in the chaos best friends link. He's kind of the odd one out. If you want people to take your product seriously, right, and you want people to believe that this forbidden door is a real thing, you can't bring in the biggest name in Japanese wrestling and have him running around with a bunch of fucking idiots. That's basically, like, no offense, but Chuck Taylor sucks, right? Okay, mm-hmm. sucks. I'm sick and tired of people acting like he's a man. He's not. He's fucking boy. I'll tell him that to his face. I don't give a shit. You suck, Chuck Taylor. Like, I just don't like him. I think he's insufferable. And the waiter gimmick, fucking, or whatever it was, the butler oh, thing. That was horrible. That, that was is horrible. fucking hot garbage. If Tony can't book that, he should be shot into the sun. I, this is the problem of AEW. It's either fucking brilliant or it's fucking terrible. And there's no sort of middle ground. And it frustrates me. That was like my issue with Dynamite this week because it's like you had like the high points, but then you also had the low points. Like, so Eddie Kingston and PMP losing to the Jericho Society, or whatever. I was like, no, it should really be Eddie PMP getting the win here so that they won a piece and Mate, then I'm just not, back. Like, I'm sorry, but if I'm proud and powerful, I'm going to NXT or WWE, or I'm going to go back on the Indies or go back yeah. to Impact where I get yeah, you. Properly. It's a joke. Like they are the most underutilized tag team now. And this is the problem with AEW. I mean, it's why. So one of my friends is a huge AEW fan. Not you. Um, not Miller either, because I said friends. Um, you're a friend, obviously. Miller, not as much. Um, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, by the way, Miller, clock is ticking. You have two weeks until you have to down a bottle of HP sauce on this podcast. You little fuck nugget. So while you're serving people getting sucked off behind the counter at Dollar General, 
get ready for your A1 sourced reckoning. Um, yeah, no, I one of my friends was like, look, I know you don't like AEW. Watch the main event of Rampage, which just went down the uh, Texas death match. And I'm like, okay. So I went and watched it and I thought it was fine. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. I, I didn't think it was a worldie. I thought it was a three and a half four-star affair in many ways um i don't like hangman page as a world champion i don't think it works i think he's too boring i think he's too hangman oh sorry to interrupt uh hangman's got the johnny i don't think you're sorry at all i think you just like interrupting people because you're rude sorry i feel bad now (laughs) you should do your your puns are bad and your people are coming on people's faces on raw i hope you're proud of yourself (laughs) we're gonna talk about that in a minute Terrible. Poor old Cam's just sitting there going, yeah. why am I even on this podcast? Yeah. Like, first of all, I don't get Sorry to interrupt you yeah, talking about Hangman. Yeah, Hangman's got very much the Johnny Gargano effect where the chase was so much better than the rain. Because then as soon as, you win, so as soon as you win the belt, you're like, okay, what yeah, now? Yeah, but Gargano can actually, he's entertaining. We saw in a way how funny he is. Hangman Page oh, yeah. boring. Boring. Mm. Cameron Anderson, you don't get to talk much because Tanvir's taking up all the airtime. What do you think about Hangman Page? Do you think he works as a heavyweight champion? I don't know. I think, yeah, it is that thing we spoke about before where it's like the chase is the fun part. Uh, the reason, really, I haven't really said much in this segment is I, I haven't watched much New Japan. I haven't w- watched much AEW of late, so I don't really have a lot to add, unfortunately. But, I don't know, I thought it's actually... I watched this match with Daniel Bryan and that was pretty sweet. So I, I don't know. I just think they keep giving him like, you know, some high caliber opponents and, you know, hopefully it should be remembered well. Meh. That's when I look at Hangman, like he's a great wrestler. Um, but I just thought, meh. They I'd also like just the Adam Cole thing. I can't take that seriously because he lost to Orange Cassidy. I don't care that yeah. it was unsanctioned. He also apparently had his first loss to Hangman Page for the title, I believe, before this. Like, he's already lost to him once at Revolution, I think. So oh, it's yeah. like, okay, great. You're having a Texas Deathmatch. I, I knew the title was... It's on Rampage. There's nowhere to change in the title. So it's also that as well. The match was fine. Um, I think Blackpool Combat Club were earlier on in the night or Danny Brahma. I, I, I didn't bother. I couldn't be asked. Like, I, I love the guys, but I just don't care. Um, and also, there's just so much wrestling. Like, it's, it's just like, yeah. it's hard to watch it. And I'm working on the British scene a lot. So I'd rather put my energy into that. Let's shift gears because we could talk about Japan all day, but most of our listeners want to hear us talk about fucking brown sauce and shit. They're not interested in us actually talking about wrestling. Let's be real. And they're like, what's all this wrestling talk about? I was I was hoping that you were going to abuse Jay Miller for looking like a, 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 a yeah, a predator. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Cam's the sauce and I'm brown, so... Well, I mean, (laughs) this is now... Now we're getting into the content that people want. It's such good shit. Uh, Cruz is fine. Cruz is officially fine. I'm tagging with Tanvir. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm absolutely down for that. You are going to be called the brown sauce. That'll be so good. (laughs) I'm ready for that. Oh, baby. Uh, what do we think? So, this for some reason, this has blown up the internet a little bit. Drew Gulak was an interviewer on SmackDown, um, mm. which was very strong. I watched SmackDown last night so that I could get some sort of context. 
So Drew Gulak is an interviewer. This is apparently his new thing. And then he was made to tap out by Charlotte Flair, which I personally don't have an issue with. But apparently men all around the world who obviously have very small penises and very large Porsches uh, are obviously very triggered by this concept. Um, what do we think about the interactions where Charlotte Flair makes Drew Gulak tap out and then scream, I quit? Does it weaken Drew Gulak? Does it strengthen Charlotte Flair? Is it even worth our time as a segment or should everyone just not really give a shit? Cam, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit it. Let's go. Um, yeah, I've got no problem at all. Um, Drew Gulak is a comedy character, and he's, you know, there to put over a big star. I think it, you know, makes Charlotte look cool. Um, I don't think, oh, she's a woman. She can't make him tap well. You know, she can. She did. You know, the figure eight is one of the most protective moves. So I don't think it makes Drew Gulak look like a bitch either way. Like that move has taken out basically everyone that's been putting it except Ronda Rousey. Uh, George is having a little cry about it because he just oh. lost Drew Gulak. And I love Drew Gulak too. But the thing is, is Drew Gulak came into 205 Live as a comedy character, transitioned into a serious character, and now on the main roster is back to being a comedy character. So mm. people are like, oh, he's been ruined by going to the main roster, but he's just he's just kind of changed the gimmick again. Like, there's not a problem with that. Like, not everyone has to be, you know, like super serious, macho, you know, mm. world ender. You know, we can have, you know, some fun laughs and we can, you know, use our comedy mm. characters to put over the big names. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have an issue with it. I just think what I would have preferred though is that maybe Gulak did like a little trick or something because we know he's technically sound. If he'd done a little trick to get out of the figure eight and just surprise Charlotte, and they kind of have this camaraderie of so Gulak's still the entertainment, still the interviewer, but he's there to advise or give her technical points if need be to improve her game because everybody knows, and I think even reading who the people he's trained like. Gulak's one of the best trainers in the world. Like you even see in clips on YouTube that um, Sasha Banks, majority of people go to Gulak to train with him. So I think if Gulak done a little trick just to surprise Charlotte, it doesn't make her look weak, and it doesn't make Gulak look weak. It looks that makes them look equal, and then Charlotte and then Charlotte could just take control of Gulak and be like, "He's mine now. He's my he's my training partner. He's my manager. He's my advisor." So, if, so nobody will ever get out of the figure eight again because he's on my side and he will show me all the tricks and all the tricks and flaws in my game. <laughs> One thing that I struggle with with that is the the problem is Charlotte Flair is so good by herself. Yeah. I think if you kind yeah. of devalue her quality of mic work, if you have someone else speaking on her behalf at any point, even if it's just for a moment, like with for instance Malcolm Bivens adds infinite strength. Oh everybody that he works with in diamond mine because none of them are really good at talking so it's keeping it to a minimum um and also if you have uh, a moment where he gets out of it for instance it then completely devalues the submission because from a storyline perspective everyone's thinking right well i can just do that then every single time i get put in that figure hold so um it's i don't personally have a problem with it i'm Personally, from a selfish point of view, I'm disappointed Gulak doesn't get more ring time, doesn't get to be used more. On 205 Live, when he was doing the PowerPoint stuff, it's genuinely some of the funniest stuff I've seen. One of the most forgotten but hilarious moments of wrestling that I've seen is when um, Breezango interrupts him on 205 Live and arrests him for being like, you know, and he's running away from him and stuff. And um, 
yeah, just being chastised by Tyler Breeze for wearing in his own, basically, Y fronts, like pants. He's just like, what the hell? That's disgusting. Like, put put some pants on. You you sicken me, you freak. And like, um, you know, Fandango's just kind of grinding towards him. It's, just, it's funny. It's funny and it's unsettling and it's amusing. And there's it, he has so much potential, but it almost feels like WWE said, right, we're going to transition you into that training role and you know what, you're, you're hovering around SmackDown. Let's see what you can do from an interview standpoint. But I'll tell you what, he's had one night of prominence, really, in the last couple of years where you've seen him in a high-profile sort of position ever since the Daniel Bryan stuff, which was probably the last time we saw him in any yeah. kind of high-profile position. And everyone's talking about it. So he's done something, right? If people are talking about you, you're doing something right. We know that this business is a bit greasy at times, but for lack of, you know, a better term, controversy creates cash and people are talking about it. And Vince is probably thinking, look at all these people talking about it. We're going to have him beaten up by another woman next week. And that'll be his gimmick, probably, that he gets beaten up by women. Like, cool, whatever. Um, You know what? It worked for Kevin Kelly. It worked for Michael Cole for a long time. Michael Cole used to get slapped around by The Rock all the fucking time. And he's now the biggest commentator, (laughs) apparently, in the world. And if you believe Pat McAfee, the greatest commentator of all time. Um, but obviously, Pat, as much as I love you, I'm not. I'm not having that. Pat, unacceptable, unacceptable behaviour. Um, let's let's talk about Veer Mahan coming in Dominic's face because I want I want to talk about that. Um, what do, what do we think very quickly about Veer Mahan on the roster so far? Because let's be honest, most people are universally shitting on it. But Tanvir, he is your fellow countryman. You must be very proud. Genuinely, though, all jokes aside, are you proud of representation? Because I'll tell you what, you've got more I, than I. <laughs> I I am. I feel sorry for you because uh, I know this is going to sound presumptive, but did you find, like, Ali being representation for yourself? or I did because of yeah. obviously the majority of my family, all of my family except for me, are, you know, um, devout Muslim, uh, Islamic. And... Um, yeah, no, like for me, it was like that representation of something different, but it was also a promise that we could be something more. Like when I get to wrestle, people don't say, I'm the Egyptian death machine. I'm not guy with a headdress. I'm not yeah. Muhammad Hassan. I'm not a terrorist, as some fans love to chant at me and stuff like that. I don't care. Good. Good for you because I hate you and you're a bunch of bin dippers and I'll break your legs. But like for me, I'm like, okay. Um, it's nice to see a progression of where we are. If you look at the Iron Sheik from 30 years ago to how we are now with Mustafa Ali, that is real progress in a society that is still terrified and very Islamophobic in general. I'm not saying everyone is. There's a lot of people who are very tolerant and very cool, but we still see that as a, a taboo subject. And if you've noticed this, I mean, how many Muslim champions are there in professional wrestling? None. Can't, can't even name them like a hand. That's, nothing, nothing that's quite, frankly, quite appalling considering like some some of the like Islamic talent. Yeah, like it's not like there isn't anyone out there. Um yeah. so, so yeah, I do champion guys like Jordan Said and people of that nature who may not necessarily be religious or whatever, but obviously come from that background. So it is yeah. frustrating to not have any representation, but I still take pride and enjoyment in seeing representation from other cultures, especially the Indian culture. And people can say it's a publicity stunt because they've got how many, many people. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not a bad thing. It's good that millions upon millions of people in India watch your product, isn't it? Like, how is that? Uh, people say it like it's a slight, and I don't understand that. 
because I feel like uh, there's always been like some sort of Indian representation. I remember it was huge, especially in my household and with my dad, uh, Great Kali. <laughs> and and anytime he would appear, it's like, yeah, it's, it's Great Kali, it's Great Kali. I'm like, cool. Um, we've obviously had gender. We've had the Bollywood boys, Veer. Um, so, Tiger Ali Singh. Tiger Ali Singh. I'd say even before that, because in primary oh, school, uh, yeah, Tiger Gene Singh. I was going to say in primary school, there was a brief period of time when my friend told me about TNA because I was like, oh, okay, WWE's a bit middling. Sanjay Dutt, baby. Yeah, he did, yeah, Sanjay Dutt. It'd be like TNA, TNA would watch TNA and tell me about Abyss, AJ Styles, and then you see representation like Sanjay Dutt. So, and then you see guys like Sanjay going over to Japan and you're like, oh, that's really cool that he's being able to go to Japan and do this stuff, especially as like a, as an Indian. As you say, representation is important. Cam, you know all about representation and that's not a slight. That's not a slight at all. It's just because there's a lot more prominent, pro prominent talent out there that, um, that that's more relatability. Whereas say for me and Erin, I still do have relatability because as I said, there's always felt like there's been an Indian presence so, but for relatability in Aaron's case, it's just kind of weird to me. Like it's minuscule. Like Aaron mentioned Jordan Saeed. I could immediately bounce back and be like, RJ Singh. And they're, and they're a tag team. And I love that. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I'll run out a lot quicker. That was a great match as well. Yeah. Um, at Purpose that we saw, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, those two against yeah. uh, JJ Lintz and uh, yeah. Rex Armstrong. Yeah. I love Rex Armstrong. He is my G. I, I love Rex so much. He's so funny. He's so entertaining. He's just an amazing man. But, you know, it, it's frustrating. I've tried to explain this to a lot of people. Like, they don't get it. Like, people are very woke for, you know, people of colour, but not for people of Middle Eastern descent. That seems to be like, oh, no, 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 we can't talk about that because your lot do this. And it's like, first of all, my lot doesn't do that. Extremists do that. And there's just as many extreme white people as there are brown people. So, you know, they, if you want to get into it and upset people, that's good. You know what? I'm happy to talk about it because nobody else is fucking willing to talk about it. And the bottom line is, I think that the wrestling world in general is still scared of having high profile Islamic, Muslim or Middle Eastern representation because we still live in a world where they are considered terrorists. They are considered to be iconically more terrifying to people. I get it still all the time. Oh, your lot does this. Your lot does that. When I was at work as a postman, regularly I would get flippant comments like, oh, let's hope my package doesn't explode. And I'm like, well, with the state of your wife, mate, it won't be that package exploding. I can tell you that, you ugly bastard. But that's what it is. They, you know, you feel like you have to kind of tolerate that and you shouldn't. And it's that thing of like, Oh, so it's okay to kick off and be offended if someone makes a comment about black people. But, you know, the Middle East and like, ah, stuff them back in a bag, you know. And Saudi Arabia is probably adding to that issue because oh, of the yeah. way it behaves. And then Qatar is adding to that with its human rights records in the build-up to the World Cup. So now it's like, people are like, yeah, but we've got an excuse because your lot keep doing this. And it's like, okay, when you hear a term like your lot, what you're doing is generalizing a huge proportion of the world there is a massive proportion there's a big percentage of this world that practice islam 
practice being Muslim, who are devout, who are very peaceful. And unfortunately, they get treated differently because their religion is and their culture is a little bit more intense than maybe others. So, you know, there's not much I can really add to that other than it is what it is. I think since um, Iron Sheik, there's been very little progression. And one of the arguments I did get from somebody when I said, oh, we haven't had a prominent champion and a heavyweight champion in the modern era. Somebody said, we well, had Iron Sheik. What more do you want? And it's like, what? That's not how progression works. Like, I'm not asking us to have a champion because of who we are. I'm asking us to have a champion because we have people that are talented enough to be that way. Because I'm also one of these people who doesn't believe that your representation means that you are entitled to anything. What it means is that there are people who train and work as hard as they do, who are as good as anyone else on their day, like Mustafa Ali. And I think, hmm, why can't he be prominent? Why can't he win a belt of some description? And I, I'm, try, I'm trying to shake my head to think if he actually has won anything on the main roster. Because I remember he was Cruiserweight champion. Um, I don't think Ali ever did get Cruiserweight champ. Not even win that. Uh, he, he never won it. He's been US champ. He was US champ? Yeah, he was US champ at one point, I think. Was he? I think but so. I, I, know, I don't think he was Cruiserweight. No, I'm I'm sure he was never cruiserweight because it was um it was so Enzo um mania, didn't he? Yeah, so so it was it was Enzo and it was vacant, then it was Cedric Murphy, Tony Nice, and then Drew Gulak, I think. So Shady. Like, you know, but that says it all. That the fact he couldn't even win the cruiserweight title in two or five live where you would think they would be a lot more like okay cool we'll give it to this guy because he's got a great gimmick he looks good he's a great wrestler his matches with buddy murphy were astonishing like it, it just you know they were worldies that never got seen um it's it's frustrating it is but the bottom line is we started off this crazy tangent talking about veer mahan who is uh veer mahan was on raw Jinder Mahal had a opportunity at the uh, championship, the um, the uh, title um, on SmackDown, which admittedly wasn't the best match in the world. It has to be said. I feel sorry for Jinder because he's just not the kind of guy who can work with crazy, flippy, high flying guys. That's not his style. It's, that's a bad clash for him. And also Shanky, um, you've got um, this absolute unit of a man on uh, NXT who's tagging with Grayson Waller, who I believe is of Indian or Pakistani descent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope. Sangar, I think. Yeah, like oh, he... I, I, I haven't seen NXT in ages, That's so I might have to check that out. Yeah, check him out. He's a unit. I, I think his name's uh, Sangar, I, I think. Oh, okay. Stunning, like stunning to look at, just like massive, like a proper, he's like Wardlow, but just fucking bigger. He's a unit. Unfortunately, he's with Grayson Waller, which is the weirdest combination. It's like just this mouthy Australian (laughs) and this mute Indian guy. You're like, okay, very strange. Grayson Waller has won me over at this point. Don't don't be that guy. Don't be that guy on the podcast. Don't do that. don't, Don't do that to yourself. You're better than that. You like him as well, don't you? No, uh, I was going to say, speaking of kind of the managers going with the pairing, there was this another bit of news that I think broke this morning. How do you feel about LA Knight managing Mace? Like, I was getting all excited and you said Mace. And it's not that I don't like Mace from Wrestle, but it's just like, it's fucking Mace. 
Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to make him manager of somebody that you want to be prominent, that person has to have some sort of prominence. Like, as much as I think Omos absolutely sucks, oh. having an MVP with him, yeah, but at least he's still, like, he's only lost, like, once. Like, he's still a big deal. He's a monster. Like, Mace has jobbed out to, like, fucking Mansoor and shit like that. Why am I supposed to take him seriously? And by the way, Mansoor is probably the only other representation I have. So, you know... Mm-hmm. So go on, Mansoor. But it's that thing of like, and the only, let's be honest, the only reason he's getting representation is because they have Saudi shows and they need somebody to be a fucking voice piece. Oh. I'm not stupid. I know exactly how the business works. They are, like, you know, that's why Sami Zayn won't go over there because he's like, yo, fuck you. I actually have respect and, you know, morals and ethics. So they're like, okay, who else speaks Arabic? You, get over there. <laughs> get in there. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, I, yeah, no, I... I don't know. I I like LA Knight, but I think he's too good as a wrestler to not be used that way. And also, it's not like he's small either. He's jacked. So he's not like a skinny... He's not like fucking... What's his name? The guy who... Um, was it? I can't remember who his name was. Ranjit Singh, I think his name was. The guy who was the manager of Great Carly. Um, you'll probably I was know. about to say Rohit Raju. I don't know why. I know that's the guy Rohit. from Impact. See what I mean? It's like, isn't it funny? We've had this conversation and we've mentioned so many wrestlers, but yet everyone was just like, so Mr. Ferrelli and Mansoor and yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it there, shall we? Like, oh yeah, nice going AEW, like really progressive. You've got an opportunity as well. That's another reason why I don't enjoy AEW as much because I'm sitting here thinking, you have a platform. You're the ones who are woke. You're on social media all the time. Look how woke I am. Look how progressive our company is. We don't treat our staff like shit. Arab wrestlers, get out of here. <laughs> Where are they? Where the fuck are they? There's loads of them. That's cool. Especially after what happened last night, and it's just a bit tone deaf, but also it's like the only way I could see this working is he's working towards the main event. They took, they had Sammy beat a Scorpio Sky for the TNT, so he's a free time TNT champ. Sammy is now but I'm like you didn't let Scorp have his due and Scorp would have been a fun champ he's only had that like a month or so I mean it it doesn't help that Ethan Page literally bodied Tay and Sammy on the mic on on a dynamite I think when he was saying about being a good dad and I was like and I was like and I was like Ethan's just literally killed them on the mic you can't have them then win, but they did. And like, that's 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 my big issue with AEW. Is like, they have the highest of highs, but when they're low, they're low. <laughs> yeah. What do you, uh, Tamir? We never really got a chance to speak to you about this. What do you think about Jay Miller's conspiracy theory that the only reason Jay Cargill is champion is because she's black and because they wanted a reaction to? Oh fuck that! Nah, it's it's not right. Because because I think the thing with Jade is I like Jade's got the look, she's got the presentation, she's got the she's got the mic skills. She's still a bit green in the ring, but it's explainable because she's only had like how many matches? So it's like yeah, Jade's great. She deserves to be champ. She is incredible. So Miller saying, oh, it's a conspiracy theory of like, what? It's like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, can we eject, can we like eject him from the planet? Like send him up with Elon or fucking Richard Branson. Be like, bye. <laughs> oh, the moon. <laughs> I um nah, the moon's the moon's not cold enough for him. Although to be honest, <laughs> if Jay Miller did land on the moon, I imagine he would be that hillbilly with the three robot daughters in Futurama. So there's that. <laughs> 
you either get it or you're just not funny enough. That's that's the way it is. <laughs> Do not be touching my beautiful robot daughters. <laughs> that's that's Miller. That's Miller. That's him. That's him, mate. Yeah. Like with his <laughs> the crushinator. <laughs> oh, Bender, you didn't touch the crushinator, did you? Of course not. A woman like that, you got a romance first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they definitely want to rewatch Futurama now because I haven't seen Futurama in years. But anytime you and Carl reference it, it's like I get that because I remember seeing it years ago and loving it because it used to be on Sky Atlantic all the time. So we'd be like, Futurama's on, let's go. <laughs> it was it was on Amazon Prime, but they've taken it off now, and I think that's in because of the new series that's obviously impending. So they don't want people, which is silly, silly. Um, it's there is on Disney. It's, it's on Disney Plus now, though. Oh, is it? Oh, sick. Oh, yeah. cool. I've got this because I, um, I think with the whole. Uh, Fox merger and um, with Simpsons being on net on uh, Disney Plus, it's like oh yeah, Futurama's on there now too. <laughs> on Disney Plus as well, and like American Dad, I think. American yeah, Dad, I love American Dad. If it just yeah, for the Saudi yeah, no, that's um, that's good shit. But yeah, anyway, you see, see what I mean? People didn't want us talking about wrestling, and even we don't want to talk about wrestling. But it is what it is. La Knight. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Cameron Anderson, what do you think about LA Knight being a manager? Um, well, hopefully it's just some sort of storyline. I think he came out and said, like, with his money, he started up an agency. So, I don't know, maybe it can just go bust and he can go back to being a wrestler. You don't think that... Um, are you worried that he might end up like Robert Stone? Because that's not working. Have you noticed Robert oh, Stone yeah. with old big forehead geezer on fucking NXT, like... Von Wagner. Yeah, Von Wagner. Oh, can we talk about SmackDown and the debut of Gunter with his manager, Klaus von Fingerbang, or whatever his fucking name was? Uh, Ludwig Kaiser. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, talk about that. I I need to hear people's opinions on um, Nazi names. It's just a bit stereotypical of like, oh, there's a German. What what, what are we going to call him? Bratwurst. (laughs) Like, like that's that's what it comes across as of like, oh, yeah, we're going to call this guy Adolf von um, Flippin' um, uh, Beer or something like that. (laughs) Lederhosen. Call him Lederhosen. (laughs) Nah, it's um, it's not great, is it? Um, I I think it's just this new policy where they don't like people having their real names. So that's why everyone's had to shelve like Raquel's lost. What happened there? Cause he wasn't on this week. Like he was on last week, I think, but this week he wasn't on SmackDown. Oh, okay. So it's like, hey, bring him out every week and have him murder somebody, build him up, build him <laughs> up. Like, I mean, he's yeah. lost all this weight. He looks incredible. Like he always looked great anyway, but he looks really like trim right now. Um, look at the look at it. It's beautiful. Um, that's, yeah, that's so much more beautiful than WWE's creative yeah. process, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'll be back in a minute, lads. I've got a feeder. You, you go, problem, you two get, yeah, you two get talking about Gunther and uh, Ludwig Kaiser, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Thanks, Dan <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I didn't realize you were hosting all of a sudden. <laughs> fuck <it>. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm oh, shy. Telling me what to fucking do on my podcast. Hello. Sorry, brother. Sorry, brother. Yeah, respects it, I have to say. Um, yeah, no, it's it's. I don't know. Like, I, it's one of these things where, yeah, okay, they look good, and I actually quite like the idea of what was his name before? Was he? Was he Bart? No, he was. Was he Marcel Bartel? He was Marcel Bartel. So that, that's like, his real name, though. 
Oh, is it? Okay, so that's probably why yeah. he got away from that. I quite like the idea of him being a manager. I really liked his facial expressions at ringside. He was kind of like, ooh, like he was kind of like aroused, but also like, <laughs> that looks painful. Um, it worked really well. However, I am worried that because Volta, the idea is we all recognize him as the leader of Imperium. We all recognize him as the commanding presence. So having the other guy stand there now is very jarring. And I think they're of the assumption. <laughs> Nobody on SmackDown knows that. Nobody watches it. Do you think there's credibility to the idea that their belief, they, their belief is the SmackDown audience hasn't seen this guy before, so this is a way to present him as something different? Yeah, I just think uh, the whole, you know, we've got the smaller guy as the manager. He's like the brains of the operation, and then the big brute does all the killing. Like, how many times have we seen that? And it's like, well, this time we've got it with the uh, German coat of paint on. Like, bearing in mind, Volta's Austrian, obviously, but you know what I mean. Um, it's just kind of lazy. Like, I kind of like Volta being the leader. It just makes sense. I don't know why they've dropped... Well, I know why they've dropped Fabian Eichner, and I think that's just because they're going to have him and Tony D'Angelo be a unit. Um, but it is disappointing because Marcel Bartel and Baby and Eichner are so great as a tag team, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think Imperium in general is like, it's just a shame, really. They're also uh, apparently going to be, well, there is suggestions they might break up the uh, Lefarios unit of um, oh, Garza, no. Garza and Umberto. They had some dissension on SmackDown. They were yelling at each other. Now, admittedly, nothing too major. But WWE has this habit of shit-canning tag teams very quickly. However, the most prominent rivalry, while Roman Reigns is allegedly rehabbing injury, is going to be to unify the tag team championships. Orton and Riddle, RK-Bro versus Usos. That'll be a WrestleMania battleash. It's looking like it's probably going to be in the main event as well um, to unify the tag titles. Um, so tag team wrestling is in a prominent position for the first time. It closed both shows this week, which is quite a big deal for WWE. So on one side, you've got potential of loads of tag teams breaking up, women's dissension in the women's tag team division. But then on the flip side, you've also got this big main event rivalry. There's a two-barreled question here. Tag team wrestling, does it need more time? But also, what do we think about more titles being unified? Apparently, there is a suggestion they might try their luck with the mid-cards as well. They're looking to narrow the field and make titles feel more important. Okay, so um, I actually... I'm a big fan of the main titles, the world titles being unified. I think it's nice that there's, you know, the one spot at the top. However, the tag titles less so. I like how in New Japan, there's like the two sets of tag titles, but one's obviously higher status than the other. I really like that idea because it means we've got, you know, like some sort of lower, you know, tag teams that can go for one set of belts. Tanvir's disagreeing with me. I'll, I'll let the expert speak in a moment. <laughs> Being all like junior and then there's a the heavyweight, you know. Well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like the idea of there being two just so that we can have, you know, more tag teams be able to sort of show their personality, like have their opportunity to be champion. I mean, with, with New Japan, so Death Cam explained it great. You've got the juniors and the heavyweights. And the heavyweights, there's, there is more options for tag teams uh, now, especially due to the AEW Impact link with New Japan and hopefully guys flying over. 
But with the juniors, there's less so. It always seems like maybe the same three to four tag teams. So there was always talks, I think, even between some of the junior tag team talent saying, why don't we just unify the heavyweight belt and the junior belt so that it just becomes one tag team division? And you're going to dream matches like GODV, Ishimori, and ELP, or um, or like the or like infection tag tag matches, something like that, rather than having the two separate divisions and there not being as much tag teams in either ones. Um, quick update: um, one of your favorite uh, wrestlers, Aaron, and uh, one of our boys are now um, the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champion of the World, Jeff Cobb and Great Ocon. Love to hear that. You that is good. First of all, Cam is correct because fuck smaller wrestlers. So obviously <laughs> the heavyweight championships of tag teams are clearly far superior to all the flippy midgets. Now, all jokes aside, like one thing that does interest me though is you said that like it does feel like it's the same rotation of junior heavyweight tag team champions. However, whenever I've watched NJPW, maybe it's just poor timing for me. Whenever I've watched it, and I, I did have a prominent period of a couple of years where I was watching it. It always felt like that was the only tag team division when they had actual tag teams. Like in the in the heavyweight division, it was very much here's a guy with another guy, but they're part mm. of a faction, so we're supposed to, you know, like there wasn't really much going on there. Whereas at least in the juniors, you always had Rapongi Vice, Rapongi 3K, for instance, um, the Young Bucks. Like they're tag teams, they're actual tag teams that feel like tag teams. Um, NJPW for me suffered massively when War Machine moved on because that was like such yeah. an thing like i felt like they really helped legitimize their heavyweight tag team division a lot it was just awesome seeing them smack around a load of tiny japanese people it was just fun they you know let's just be real here but um tag team wrestling being more prominent i gotta be honest i do disagree with you a little bit cam like i personally think that the tag team title should be so the idea of tag team championships is that they should be revered every belt should be revered so if you're a tag team champion you should be the only ones because that's a big deal so put it in the prospect of AEW. If they had separate tag titles for Rampage, you wouldn't take them seriously. Um, and I know with WWE, they've kind of conditioned us. So it's not a terrible thing that they have two sets of tag belts. But at the same time, by having one, you cannot hurt the process because it makes it more important. Not only that, they have really thinned out the tag team division. <laughs> Just like they don't give anyone a chance. you got to yeah. think that, okay, bro, we're going to do the job here and then they're going to turn on each other at some point because this is what we keep hearing is going to happen eventually. Um, I don't see why the Usos should lose anyway because they're the most prominent tag team WWE has had for the last 10 years easily uh, alongside the New Day, obviously. So for me, I'm like, okay, um, I like the idea of less titles. I think there's too many belts. I think it devalues being a champion, which is why nobody gives a shit that Finn Balor and Ricochet, even though they're both incredible wrestlers, are mid-card champions right now. Well, I, oh, great. Okay. They've won a thing because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to be US or Intercontinental champion. It doesn't really mean that much to be tag team champions because they've put the belts on here, there, everywhere, singles, guys together and tag teams. The only time it means anything is if you're at the top of the mountain. Right now, I actually prefer the fact that it's just Roman Reigns. I like that because I'm sitting here thinking that's clearly the guy. There's no dispute. I look at him and I think that's the top of the company. Everyone needs to strive to get to that point. If there's two sets of belts, it's like, oh, we didn't win the Raw ones. Maybe we could go to SmackDown and win those. No, I didn't win the US title. Maybe I can win the IC title. Devalues the whole thing. Having women's tag team titles as well. You've got three sets of tag titles. Four, actually, because you've got the NXT women's tag titles as well. Oh. 
which are, by the way, are terrible, even though Dakota Kai mm-hmm. and Gonzalez held them for, you know, half an hour. And then um, Toxic Attraction, when, and trust me, I'm all for seeing Toxic Attraction on my screen more often. That is, that is, that is good <laughs> shit. Especially Gigi Dolin, who is very gifted. Um, but it's one of those things of like, it's too many. There's too many fucking belts. Make it mean something. Why am I supposed to care about your champions if there's 15 to 20 of them? I, I don't care. Like, no, yeah. less is always more in this scenario, I believe. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Um, but yeah, no, um, who should win the unification of the tag team titles? Um, oh, um, Usos. Usos, straight away. It should be the Usos. Uh, but I was also going to add on to that, say that with the IC and the US, I think instead of unifying, keep it separate because... The mid-card belts have always been great. I just feel sorry for the US belt because as much as you dislike John Cena, Aaron, I know you do, Cena's US Open Challenge run might be one of the greatest runs because it was just... I know, I know, I know. It was just like the matches with Cesaro and other guys. I was like, okay, he's actually elevating the belt because what they did was, it was like, okay, all these guys who were in the IC ladder match, they, they lost... Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give them a rub, put them in the high, put them in a high caliber match against Cena in the Open Challenges, and actually make it look like each guy has a chance and may actually beat Cena. Which Cena did a great job of making it feel real, but you you knew you knew Cena wasn't gonna lose, but he made it feel like oh these these guys have a chance they could actually do it, and then yeah, so I think keep the IC and the US separate, but. Unify the others, so I think even the NXT Women's Championship and the and the main roster, those should be unified because you don't need two sets of women's belts. Because with with like say Natalia and Dolph Ziggler who have now gone back to NXT, you could have the women's belts like float between NXT and the main roster to be like, oh okay, we'll represent both. Right. I need to jump in on the John Cena US Open Challenge because it infuriates me. So there's nothing inherently wrong about what you said. However, first of all, John Cena can suck my chode, uh, even though he is highly successful and is, by all accounts, a very lovely person. So good for him. And that's great and all. But from a very selfish perspective, I thought he always sucked. And his match with Roman Reigns was probably Roman Reigns' worst title defense of his entire run. Just saying. Um, I know Cameron disagrees because he's an absolute mark for the Peacemaker. That's cool. Apparently, it's very good. I will watch it at some point. I, love it. I still need to see Suicide Squad as well, so I'm not going to pass judgment on that, but I'm sure it's great, and I love DC, so I'm sure I'll love it. However, the US Open Challenge. So, people always say to me, yeah, John Cena got all these guys over. Did he really? So, I have a list right here. I thought, while you're rambling away, I'll get a list of these people, because I want to see. Now, I haven't got all of them. Now, some of them, fair enough. So, we got Kane. Yeah, that guy uh, needed a rub. That guy definitely needed a rub. <clears throat> so, uh, who else do we have here? Sami Zayn. Uh, he yep. wrestled at WrestleMania against a guy who does stunts. Okay, cool. So, he's clearly very over. Uh, Stardust. Oh, um, just come back <laughs> after being shit-canned and going to a different company. Pack, not in the company anymore. Matt Cardona, not in the company anymore. <sighs> Seeing a recurring theme here. Um, John Moxley. Oh, that's funny. Not in the company anymore. <laughs> Like, this is the thing. It didn't get anyone over. It had like, what happened was you had a good match, and then people yeah. were like, Cool, next, please. Because if they were over, he wouldn't need to face somebody different every week, mm-hmm. and then ultimately lose the belt to fucking Alberto Del Rio. 
Yeah, exactly. That there nullifies your entire <laughs> argument. We'll get the rub to the guy who beats up women and does cocaine. Good stuff. I think like the only team, I think like, fuck Del Rio. <laughs> yeah, fuck Del Rio. We can all agree on that. Yeah, Del Rio uh, apparently in the news scheduled to return to Triple A. Oh, why? <laughs> Just when you think they're doing well, they do something stupid. Why? Put a belt on Kenny Omega. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what, why, why do companies do this? It's like no, Noah's doing it right now. It's like. Okay, Noah, doing really well, doing really great. What can we do? We're going to bring Elgin over. It's like, fuck's sake, man. I do like Elgin, it has to be said, but there's a lot of controversy that comes with it. Like, yeah. I, I like Elgin too. His New Japan stuff was great, but that doesn't overshadow his the amount of controversy that he brings. It is worth saying say it right now. Huh? I'm going to say it right now. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting rid of this. This has got to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't be wearing that around. Not well, not a wrestling shows anyway. Wear it in the gym or something. Like um, I'm palming it off to my girlfriend. She can have it as pajamas. I like that. Just <laughs> throw her down the river. That's I thought you were like, yeah, my girlfriend can, can wear this out in public. Just, just, just like, yeah, I won't take the heat. She will. Well, yeah, because that's <laughs> called. I did say to her. Um, no, sorry, sorry. I, I did say to her, I said, like, bearing in mind, this has just happened. She's like, oh, I've got quite like the design, though. <laughs> that is such a young girlfriend response. I can, I, I can respect it, though. I like the design. I mean, you know, alleged domestic abuse is an issue, but aesthetics, much more important, apparently. Uh, you know, like, whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. That probably speaks more about your partner than it does anything else, but I'm sure she's <laughs> not a young lady. Um, yeah, no, I, um, it's just, it, I don't know. There's, there's so much around that, and it should be pointed out with Elgin, you know, obviously allegations and allegedly, and, you know, for the case of lawyers listening, it is worth pointing out that, you know, what he allegedly did shouldn't be kind of put on the same spectrum of what other people have done. There's always layers to everything. So, you know, we'll see in time whether people are more forgiving of him than they are others who are making their way back into the business. We've seen the likes of Travis Banks and Mighty Skull getting bookings in Mexico, Puerto Rico, those kind of places. Let's be honest. Um, outposts that probably don't give two hoots about what they've done. Because, yeah. well, people are being murdered every day and strung up in the middle of the streets as fucking yeah. representations of gang cultures. Yeah. I don't think they give a fuck. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. It's it's a little bit uncomfortable in that way. But obviously we can't talk ad nauseum about it because we'll get in trouble. Um, is, that so, you, yeah. is that you just mentioning that uh, lots of respect for Lynch, say, Dorado? <laughs> Because um, he was booked on the he was booked in a tag match to face um, Marty and Trav and Lindsay Lindsay pulled out. He was like, "Yeah, I ain't doing that. Like, I ain't doing that." So, yeah, <laughs> it speaks poorly to your reputation, Cam. I want to ask you this. Like, obviously, I appreciate it's a sensitive question, so you don't have to delve deep. But if you're booked against somebody who has allegations or maybe a reputation that, frankly, is you know, even in our business, if people consider, oh, no, are you going to be more willing? From your perspective, do you feel like it would damage your credibility as a wrestler to take that booking, even if you were asked to do it? I'm already teaming with Cruz, so how low can we really go? That's true. <laughs> that true. No, Cruz sucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't spoken to the little cocksucker for about three months. So whatever, whatever the twink's doing, he can do whatever he does. I don't care at this point. Like, and if, oh, if people don't like that, I'm a fucking heel. Get over it, you fucking cretins. I am. Um, yo, fuck, I'm just going to hit him over there with a steel chair and take his place. I'm... Tag me in, bro. And then, obviously, once I'm done, Tanvir can step in and brown sauce shall commence. I um, I just feel like, yeah, no, this business has taken enough hits. Can we just focus on the good stuff a little bit? But people just keep going back to it. They keep going back to it. They can't help themselves. And when it's, it, let's be fair, nothing's really changed that much. It still isn't a police business. Um. The only good thing is people are super woke now, so they're a little bit more self-aware of stuff, and that's probably it. We're going to have to police it ourselves, and it's up to people to be good and responsible and do the correct checks and the correct backgrounds and things like that. Me, personally, I take great pride in being safeguarding aware, and you can, you know, DBS checks and things like that. I take pride in that because that's part of my job. That's part of my work. Um, Ten minutes before the podcast runs out, boys. Anything you want to chat about? Anything that you want to rant about? You watched uh, Moon Knight. Have I watched what? Sorry, uh, Moon Knight. What the fuck is Moon Knight? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good show on Marvel. I know you don't like Marvel, but it's disconnected from everything else, so you don't have to watch everything else necessarily. It's a it's a really good show. It's set in Egypt. It's set in Egypt. I'm listening. It's, it's to do with the Egyptian gods. It's very brutal. Very good. Uh, uh, gruesome at times it's to do with the um, uh, disassociative identity disorder so it's big on the mental health front There's, it's a really has this well- been made exclusively by marvel just to draw me and that's what it sounds like it does brutality and violence <laughs> get get aaron nixon here now or get him in <laughs> It's a really great show. It's like the first episode feels very Venom-like because there's so many jump cuts at a time. You're like, what, who, who's in control? What's going on? Like all over the place. So if you if you enjoyed Venom or anything like that, you'll enjoy Moon Knight. Cool. I'll tell you what. I'll give it. I'll watch the first episode tonight and see what I think because I've got a bit of time while I'm editing this mass of humanity. Um, I should point out I did attend Rumble uh, just just this Friday gone uh, for the hair versus hair match. Um, a lot of changes, a lot of a lot of difficulties getting this show off the ground. I wanted to show a bit of love to the company in general, not just myself. I know I'm part of the you know the family and stuff, but um, yeah, no, there's there's an illness going crazy through the county of Kent, which is where I live, and. Unfortunately, yeah, no, just it's been a very difficult time for a lot of people. I don't know why there's been a massive spike in Corona as well. And a lot of people, I assume, just aren't vaccinated, particularly the people at Gillingham and Gravesend, because, well, if you've ever been there, you'd know why. Um, That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) But yeah, no, amazing show. Sid Minnelli stepped in for Nino, who unfortunately was too ill to compete. And a man's head was shaved bald. And uh, yeah, that will be available on the YouTube channel, Rumble Wrestling. So, what? did Tate Mayfairs or Sid Manelli get their head shaved bald? But please be Sid. Said, please be Sid. Please be Sid. <laughs> I, I, I said to um, Tate Mayfairs as well, I had a very brief conversation with him. I was just like, yo, you were better not fucking get your head shaved. I'll be furious, man. Uh, 
you are a mega star. No, 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 no. No offense to Sid, obviously, because I love Sid. He's my G. But yeah, no, um, they, they they did an amazing job. Every man and woman. A lot of the guys from Full Force came down. Reese Riley, uh, Hotshot Joey Scott, who's an amazing wrestler. Pecan stepped in, the Peck and Playboy. Like, loads of great talents. And you know, it's another chance for me to say, go and watch your local independence. You know, if you're in Peacehaven, you should be going to watch Premier Promotions. If you're in Tambir's neck of the woods, you've got so many options, so many great places to choose from in london to go and watch wrestling if you think progress is a bit yeah or whatever or you've got a, that's cool there's loads of other companies loads of them seriously like just type in london professional wrestling and have fun purpose wrestling being one go on tambia jump in bro um this saturday upcoming there's an eve show i know we're big proprietors of women's wrestling big supporters of women's wrestling so i just thought uh as um uh aaron's talking about going to your local um promotions there's an eve show this saturday i believe um they've got some of the tjpw women over unfortunately i don't know the card um i've been told by um the good the good friend adam trish and uh, my brother about the eve show so i'm i'm kind of taking it as a sign that they're like go to the eve show go i was so gonna I, go but mm, i'm not entirely sure i'm not yeah. entirely or, wait, wait a minute, it's on Saturday, 23rd. Uh, yeah, yeah, Saturday the 23rd. So I'll, I'll, I'm tempted, I'll see you. Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't work for me anyway because I'm working, unfortunately. But um, next weekend is quite big. We are going to do a State of Wrestling Address hopefully on Thursday this week because I want to preview uh, Outcast Pro Wrestling, have a show next Saturday, which is going to be a proper banger. That's being headlined by Kelly Six versus JJ Belair for the Outcast Pro Wrestling Championship. Darcy Stone challenges Luna Tricks for the women's title. Um, uh, the Hunter Nero defends his Ottawa Championship against the virus K. Michael and Scrappy Jack in a triple threat Anarchy Rules match. So some very strong matches on that card. And also I'll be at Rumble Wrestling uh, in Crowborough, I believe, which is um, somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a place, and apparently. And yeah, so I'll, I'll be going to that. Uh, so I'll be working at that show. There's also the Pro Wrestling Eve show, as you mentioned. There is also Immortal Wrestling, where our boy Frankie T, and I believe Cameron Anderson will be helping out as well there and hopefully getting a match if Jay White pulls his bum out of his inadequate ass. Um, sorry, Jay, just is what it is. By the way, Cameron has not fed me any information. That is strictly my opinion, so don't throw him under the bus because it will get back to me and I will punish you. Um, so I will I will come into your promotion. I will break Frankie T's neck and I will take his belt from him. By the way, can we just can we talk about it? So Cameron Anderson every week goes after the knobs and rightfully so. And boy, are we going to talk about that in uh, forthcoming episodes because we're just two weeks away from CWP Redemption in Southampton. And boy, is the card looking strong for that. However, Frankie T, right? <clears throat> I'm I'm tired of this shit, mate. I keep you keep saying, "Oh, I'm fighting champion for Immortal." Or oh, I'm a fighting champion. I've got a belt. You're happy to wrestle Champagne Fuck Nugget and the Novelty Act, but you don't want to fucking put that belt on the line against me, somebody who actually is prominent in our business, somebody who actually does carry a bit of clout and a bit of respect, not some geezer spitting diet lemonade in people's faces. Like you are a joke champion. You are a joke. I will find you and I will break you. The urban goth, more like the suburban sloth. It's a joke at this point, mate. I'm not interested. Like, yo, oh, I'm a fighting champion. And every time I say to who's like, oh, why would I wrestle you when I can wrestle prominent wrestlers? Mate, the difference between me and you is, well, I mean, just look at me and look at you. I can do everything. You can't do anything. 
That's how it is. You couldn't. I mean, your your prominent highlight of the year was being in a tag team with a potato. That's great, man. That's great. That's cool. By the way, Robbie Nitro, I ain't forgotten about you. I am going to be at CWP Redemption. Don't think we're done. And by the way, instead of chatting shit on social media and putting up terribly spelled fucking, you know, seriously, get a fucking dictionary, get an education, learn how to spell, learn how to do social media properly. Because it's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself at this point, And I'm going to embarrass you further when I smash you up, fam. I am so, so bored of you as well. So you two idiots, right? You can both kiss my ass. Um, and do you know what? The knobs can kiss my ass and all. I'm going all in on this one. The knobs can suck it. So especially Sensational Simon, you look like an accountant for Poundland, fam. What are you going to do to me? I will break you into pieces and send you back to whatever you call a family in a multitude of different briefcases. Eddie Kenway, uh, apparently a knob. Yeah, whatever, man. Like, okay, that's cool. You want to hang with the scrubs? Whatever. Now, I like Dirty Dave Dennis and I like Ebenezer the Giza as individuals, but as knobs, come on, man. Come on, where's your self-respect gone? Where's your self-respect? Threatening kids out here, man. Threatening Cameron Anderson. Threatening Aaron Chris. I mean, Aaron Chris can go fuck himself. You know, threaten him all you want. But like, you know, but Cameron Anderson, you're threatening Cameron Anderson on social media. Do you know what? How about you fucking try me? How about you do that? Because I reckon Cameron Anderson can slap you up easy. I do. I, I believe that. But I tell you what, let's see you try that shit with me. Oh, I'm a geezer. Oh, I'm Wellard. Oh, I'm an East End Cockney geezer. Oh, I sell apples and pears. All right, Del Boy, settle down. Only Fools and Horses wants his fucking characters back. Christ almighty, mate. Really? Seriously, the only thing original about you is that fucking pedo haircut you got, bruv. That's that's about as far as it goes. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> he's going to that shit. He's gonna love that shit. Tampa's sitting here like, cops, man. like, what's going on? Everyone's getting attacked. I'm in full here. He's shaking. Who do you want? Who do you want? Who do you want, mate? Who do, who do you want to fight, Tampa? You got to offer somebody else. I don't want to fight, even though I'm not trained. Um, offer out Trish, mate. Oh no, I want to. Oh, prime on Trish. Uh, I want to crack Robbie Nitro's head open like a pack of crisps. Fucking potato head. Play you know, that bugle, son. Play that bugle. You know, you know what, Robbie? Um, fucking, uh, if I wanted to see you in the ring, I'd fucking go watch Toy Story because there's a potato head in that too, and he's a lot more entertaining. Yeah, that's real trash talk. That's why the money's and he's at. Got, and he's got a hot wife, which I don't know. You look single as fuck, did mate. Ask, did you just ask if Robbie Nitro has a hot wife? <laughs> Yeah, less said about that, the better. I'm not going to get that personal. That's just not fair on his wife because yeah. she kind of has to put up with him. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Pro Wrestling Eve. You mentioned Pro Wrestling Eve. I did want to just very quickly touch on it. Charlie Morgan versus Emi Sakura. What do you think about that, Tanvir? Uh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. Char- love a bit of Charlie Morgan. Um, Emi Sakura, I know, is pretty great. So that should be a fun one. Yeah, uh, feel free to chime in if you want, Cam. Uh, we have... Alex Windsor versus, I hope I get this right, Shoko Nakajima. Um, I know Shoko is very strike-based, and I know very little about Alex Windsor, but yeah. It you know very little about Alex Windsor? She's like one of the biggest names in women's wrestling in this country. I, I, know, I know, unfortunately, my, like, my head's a mess, Cancel mate. <laughs> Cancel him. Cancel. Yeah. Uh, Casey versus Jetta. That should be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Max the Impaler versus Session Moth Martina. Oh, we well, we we all love a bit of the Sesh, so. <laughs> She is fucking fine. I don't care if it sounds sexist. Where she is one of the most beautiful beings walking this earth. Yeah, like yeah, no, she she is pang. Lizzie Evo versus Emerson Jane. That'd be yeah, that'd be good too. The whole yeah. card just sounds really good. Yeah, no, that is to be fair. Uh, I haven't seen Sky Smithson uh, a graphic for her, so I don't know whether the uprising are going to be in the house. But we also have the only other match I've been able to find is Nina Samuels versus Amelia McKenzie. Who is Amelia McKenzie? I'm sorry, I don't want to sound really bad. Is that Millie? Okay, I was was going to say, I was really confused. I was like, is it it Millie? Yeah, Yeah, this is is NXT UK clash. These are two women from NXT UK. Okay, that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be sick. To be fair, that yeah. from a high profile standpoint, that'll probably sell more tickets than anything else. So, um, yeah. that they always sell out and they always do great. So, have a great. And if you do go, mate, let us know and we'll have a little chat about it on the podcast because it looks like well, it's fantastic. And uh, make sure you give Trisha a power bomb or something. That'll be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. Cameron Anderson, uh, anything you want to plug, mate, before we shoot off? Yeah, well, we should have a uh, little video from me to the knobs dropping very shortly. So, just keep your eye out for that. I assume you recorded that with Aaron Cruz because he's so dedicated to being a tag team, yeah? Um, I don't know where he is. You called Bray Man, but it doesn't seem like it. He's probably in Robbie Nitro. At this point, I'm ready for a handicap match. I'm I'm ready to face all four knobs if it comes down to it. I don't really care. Just let me get in there. Let me just punch Ebenezer, okay? That's all I want. When you said that, I thought you were going to say, I'm ready for a handy Jay, like that episode of Archer where he's strapped to the table. And he's like, hey, somebody give me a handy Jay. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I, I've got to be honest. I mean, the reason, you know what? I like the knobs, right? I, I'm a big fan of knobs, as you know. Big ones, small ones, flat ones, <laughs> love me a knob. But the, the bottom line is, like, you're bullying young boys is essentially what you're doing. And let's be fair, I think this business has enough of that as it is. So as far as I'm concerned, someone's getting slapped up, fam. And if you fucking decide to wind up Cameron Anderson enough, I will bring the death and I will bring the heat and you will be in serious trouble, mate. We're going downtown Cairo with this shit. Seriously, mate, I'll take it to the streets of Zamalek and I will fuck your ass up, whether you're Samoan, whether you're an accountant, whether you're dirty, or even if you're a twink from Portsmouth, mate. I am down for it. I will slap you all up in it. You get me? Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, Yeah, no, Cameron Anderson will obviously be having many things to say in the build-up to it. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, CWP Redemption is April 30th. Most tickets can be bought on the door. If you really want to pre-book, though, you can do so by going to charitywrestling at yahoo.com com and of course if you send them an email and say hey i want this amount of tickets and send your money through via paypal whatever all the details will be relayed to you via that but you can always pay on the door and we know that the majority of people always pay on the door and we will be raising money for dylan's quest and helping out terminally ill children so if you're one of these fuck nugget dinosaurs who's like oh actually wp they're garbage yeah well we're raising money for terminally ill kids so maybe go and cry to somebody else on your private facebook you sad little twat um anyway what else? What else? Um, yeah, I'll be at Rumble on Saturday. 
I'll be doing what I do, working every weekend, having a good time. Frankie T will be crying into his glass, pretending to be a fighting champion while he wrestles highly inadequate people. Tanvir will be probably at Eve or masturbating furiously in somebody's basement, not entirely sure. Uh, Cameron Anderson will be probably in the club, hitting up all those fine-ass women. Oh, sorry, no, he's taken. Uh, so Cameron Anderson will be in the club, uh, just dancing and enjoying himself and not being Demon Cam whatsoever. And I will be recording big, hot, sweaty men beating the crap out of each other and then editing it for my own personal pleasure and then uploading it to YouTube because apparently that's what we do for a weekend. Tanvir, thanks for joining us, mate. It's nice that we can actually... No Thank you for having me. Did he say anything? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. He doesn't fucking wait until you're finished. He jumps in halfway and it's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so I don't know what's being said. You fucking... Coming in here with your haircut and your good-looking form and your handsome face. Oh, thank you, are you piece of shit? That's it. I'm sending Veer to come in your face, man. That's what I'm doing. All right, you're in trouble. I'm going to send Veer around. Where's his brother gone, by the way? You might have the inside track. Has he been killed? What, Shanky? No, 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 no. Like, Veer had the guy. He's like one of these twins, isn't he? Do you not see this? He's part of what, a tag really? team. They're twin brothers. Literally, like, they got rid of the other one and just kept him. No, I thought it was Vera Chanky. No, no, like originally, before that, oh. when they did the Indian special on Republic, go back and watch our review of Republic Day. There's like footage on it of that. And um, yeah, no, fucking Veer had like a tag partner, his twin brother. They both had the same makeup. They, <laughs> oh my god. Vince is just like, I've merged them into one. Seriously, go back and watch it. Seriously. Oh my god. Play. This is oh this, this is this isn't the butterfly effect. Legitimately, go back and look go back and look it's hilarious it really is um yeah we'll leave it there ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to the state of wrestling address of course some of the stuff that's been said in here is all in jest and some of the stuff that's been said in here is very very truthful and if you can't disseminate between the two i don't really give a fuck because i'm better than you so we'll leave it at that i've been aaron x he's been tambir verdi he has been cameron anderson the cream of the crap brother and we will catch you very soon for more content from the wrestle plug <laughs>